Hey team, welcome to another episode of the Intentional Agribusiness Leader Podcast. The podcast where we actually explore the minds of leaders from all around the agriculture and agribusiness space about what it takes to lead intentionally in this industry today. My friends, if there's some value in here for you today, we ask you to subscribe to the podcast, share this with someone who needs to hear the message of what it takes to be intentional. Let's get into the show. Hey team, welcome back to another episode of the Intentional Agribusiness Leader Podcast. Today I'm on with Jed from Ag Partners Cooperative. He's the Chief Strategy Officer over there. Man, Jed, thanks for being here. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. This will be a fun conversation today. So let's let's get into the first question that uh, that I'd like to give to everybody. What's it mean for you to be intentional? Uh, for me to be intentional, um, I'd say that's investing my time and energy um, on the things that are most important to me. Uh, so uh, a little while back, uh, my dad called me one day, you know, and, and you're just pushing and pushing as as we want to do, right? And he called and said, how you doing? I said, you know, I'm I'm beat. Like, I'm, I'm used up. And he expecting a little sympathy. And, and uh, he said, you know, that's good. He's like, uh, you're in, you're in the prime part of, of life, right? Like, um, you know, you're in grown up world now and he goes and, and you should be exhausted for the next decade or so. Really? He said, uh, he said, you know, you got a couple options. You can work really hard at work and focus on it and negate your family. And at the end, you're going to have a nice basket of wealth and nobody to go home to and share it with, or you can, spend all your time at home working on your family and not put the invest in, uh, the invest that time into your job. And you're going to get to the end. You're going to have a great family and you're going to be dead broke come retirement. He's like, so you should use up the entire bucket in that time. And so I took that and took some time to write down what was really important to me in those categories. And that's what intentionality is, is focusing on those pieces for me. Yeah, man, that's a, that's a really cool take. So my, uh, my question immediately to follow that up, right. Is, is, uh, do you think a lot of people just sacrifice one for the other? Do you, do you run into a lot of people that are just like, they're either all in on the business or they're all in on the family or they're, or, but, but the idea to me that I run into a lot is that I, I can only have one or the other instead of having it all. You, I think you can do both. I mean, I, Lord blesses me. I, I've got a great wife. I've got wonderful children. I'm thankful for. I've got a, a good job. I'm thankful for. I get to serve people. I mean, that's. I, I mean, I don't. I don't see why we can't have both. It just. Yeah. The, a lot of the, the extras, if you will, like I fish and golf a lot less than I'd like to. Sure. But they're not on the important scale at where the other things are. So they're, you know, they're a side dish, not the main course. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people just have this idea that I can't, you know, that I've got to sacrifice all of me. And then if there's a little bit left over, right, then I can have, you know, a little bit, a little bit of something for me and et cetera. Uh, but just, you know, what, what, what's important for you to, you know, now, like looking back on that, you got a little perspective, you got some years probably on that conversation with your dad, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that, yeah. I, w- I want to skip to the end of the questions today. So what do you do to keep that energy up to, to maximize your productivity and to keep your energy in a place where you can support? You know, having the great wife, having the great career, having great kids, having good health, 
right? Yeah. What's the, what, what's important for you and your practices? Um, structure is important to me. Um, I like to go to bed <laughs> nine, nine 30, not very exciting anymore in life. Right. But I get up at four 55 is when the alarm goes off. I like to get to the gym before my body knows it's coming. Um, cause if I don't sneak attack it, it isn't happening. Uh, I spend some time in the Bible every morning. Um, and then, you know, attack the day. I, I like to get after the day before everybody else is in there because it's quiet. Um, it's kind of airplane mode. You know, you don't have all the emails and calls coming in. You can just get so much done through that focus. So that that's really important to me. Um, and then just saying no, I learned that over time that, you know, there's a lot of meetings we can go to. It, they don't need me a lot of times in those meetings. That's I, I have a team that's really talented that I can trust that can go to those meetings and I don't need to be there. And and it just frees up a lot of life that you can you can make better use of. Mm hmm. Yeah. Beautiful, man. I love that. Right. So we're hitting with and, and a lot of people are going to going to hear and it may, may have skipped over hearing, I guess, the the word structure at the beginning of this. Right. And because sometimes I mean, structure is a nice way of saying discipline, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be no, a, a little no more disciplined with my diet, though. I could do that. <laughs> well, it's, as we record this, it's Thanksgiving week, so let's be Amen. honest. Most of us this week. Fair <laughs> extra turkey, a few extra potatoes, maybe a little yeah. bit of wine, right? Yeah. But that's okay, right? Because you're yeah, doing yeah. the work outside of this week, right? So I think most people just roll into this week and it's just another reason to get fat. But the, like when you're doing the work outside of this, you're like, you know what? I'm going to have, I'm going to enjoy the extra turkey. I'm going to enjoy the potatoes. I'm going to enjoy grandma's casserole or mom's dish or like my mom made deviled eggs and everybody go for the oh, deviled yeah. eggs, right? I mean, like yeah. I'm going to enjoy that and I can enjoy that because I'm doing the work as you're talking about, like I have the structure, I'm hitting the gym, right? I'm studying in the word and I'm doing my things. So I just feel good. Like I really have something to be grateful for because I'm, I can be present in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. It, you got a, a body that works, a mind that works. you got opportunity every day. I mean, those are things to get excited about and to, and to be grateful for. <laughs> yeah, dude. That, dude. To me, that's a big part of intention. It's like when I say being intentional, it's like living every part of your life with intention. You know, and what, what do you have? What do you want? Why do you want it in, in every single part? So yeah. cool, man. All right. Let's, let's talk about uh, business here a little bit or talk about team development. You know, a lot of people in ag struggle these days with attracting, retaining good talent, keeping people around. So, you know, talk to me a little bit about what, what intention does for you as it pertains to attracting and retaining good talent. Yeah. So I would say it starts with hiring good people. Um, I mean, good people, good people find a way to get through the tough times as a team. Mm. And, uh, so <laughs> really investing in, and, and obviously it's not a hundred percent thing, but man, when you get the right person, you really focus into them, right? Cause you, you want to just keep snowballing you get in more and more than obviously compensation comes into play, right? Like we, I know we've done four compensation adjustments in the last two years and that's just, wow the ebbs and flows of life, right? When you've got talent, that means other people want them. <laughs> it's kind of like your best customer, right? Your best employees. That's everybody's top target. And so, uh, um, you know, you got to do what you got to do there. Beyond that, when it's focusing on culture, um, I think you know, we do several things. I read a deal called Thursday Thoughts, and I just started writing it internally a while back. And it was just uh, random one-offs, just 
things that pop into my mind or whatever else involving culture. And, and uh, then I got busy and I quit doing it. And our employee group actually reached out and said that uh, one of their disappointments was that it stopped and it wasn't consistent enough. So, you know, those types of things. So I started writing again and became a lot more uh, intentional and, and consistent with it. Um, I think um, we started in, we call it the Agceptional Award, but um, we, you know, our, our employees nominate for doing ordinary things extraordinarily well. Like I, I don't, we, we don't want a culture that just celebrates the truly spectacular. I want a culture that celebrates the person that sees a trash can's full and they just stop and empty it um, because it's the right thing to do. Or they see, they see somebody carrying something that might strain them and they just help out, be a good human, right? That's the culture we want to do. And so we encourage them to nominate each other. We celebrate it. We post it amongst the group and then, um, you know, they're eligible for some prizes and such big Christmas parties, that kind of stuff. Um, we, we try to be different. We're a, a corporate partner of the Kansas city Royals. They're great partners with us. And they let us do a, a picnic at the K for our entire uh, employee group. We, you know, those kind of deals tailgating, we got shirts made, bringing everybody's families. You got to involve families. That's another part of it. I mean, like you go to war on behalf of your business day after day after day, that's time away from your family. The more we can bring them in, that, that's a part of culture we try to embrace too, is it, we're family at work and we have families outside of it and they can be integrated. I think those are some things we've really tried to focus on. Yeah, that's cool, man. I, mean, I want to I uh, pull some of that stuff apart. So go back to the the newsletter, right? It, yeah. it was, what I saw, Zach had put you on the uh, on the list to, to, to bring on the podcast. I was like, yes, that's great. Because I've been following Jed for a couple of years <laughs> through through LinkedIn. And uh, so you you have a little bit of this personal brand out there, right? Which is, you know, just you posting your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, how did I, that come about? Like, where did that, where did that come from? I, I worked for uh, CHS for a number of years and uh, really enjoyed it. And um, I, I don't know, just one day I had some thoughts and I just wrote them down and I sent it out uh, to a group and they, uh, a group of people I interacted with and they kind of shared it out and shared it out and it became a couple hundred. And then it, you know, became more and more into where, you know, I don't know, I think it's seen by depending on the weeks, 600 to 1500 in a week that, that read it and interact with it. And I don't, I used to email it. I, I'm just not that good at doing the email to everybody. So I just put it on LinkedIn. Now it's a little more efficient for my time. And, and uh, yeah, it's just really kind of become a thing that it, I didn't really expect, but mm-hmm. uh, I try so, to try to give a real perspective on, just something that's on my mind. So, and I, and I love it. And um, I don't say I read them all, but I've read several of them and, and just other posts, you know, that you put out there th- over, over the years. I think there's a really interesting thing that is going to occur. It already is. Um, but I think there's a huge opportunity there. And, and when we talk about this, if I ever get to work with salespeople, I talk about the importance of building your personal brand. Hmm. You know, like why wouldn't every salesperson, if this is my sales organization, why wouldn't every salesperson be required to maintain an email list of say, I don't know, maybe a hundred farmers, okay. right? And sharing their thoughts, taking pictures of stuff that, that that they're out doing in the field. And you can post that through social media. You can post that through email. And the technology is so easy and so cheap to be able to do. The LinkedIn newsletter is free to publish, right? And you got 600, 700,000 people. You know, they got 1,100 on mine. And I didn't do anything. They just 
they just send it out and then it offers it to everybody I connect with on that platform now and and it allows it. So what I love about that, but the, this is the really important thing. This is the, the part that I want other people to catch is you said that when you stopped writing it, you got employee feedback. That they were that yeah. So what did they say? Like, what were they looking for? Well, so we do, um, Lacey Dolanas leads our HR and, and mm-hmm. does a fantastic job. And, and so she several times a year reaches out. Uh, we, we got a select group of employees that serve as uh, kind of the relationship, if you will. Um, they get the pulse in a way we can't get right. And, and they go survey their, their constituents and such. And, and they said, what do you want to, what are some things we need to work on? And it just came back that Thursday thoughts aren't there anymore. Or they're not, we want them every week. And, um, uh, and so, uh, yeah, I, it's not always on Thursday. Uh, I tend to write them in evenings and mornings and, you know, those, those times, but, uh, we just yeah. call it Thursday thoughts for giggles, I guess mm-hmm. that uh, we, yep. we get them when we get them, but that was, you know, I, I get a lot of responses internally and externally, uh, notes and messages saying they appreciated it or, or it made them think, or they give me, which is great. They give me other, Hey, have you considered this or maybe you missed this? And I, that's fantastic. So I, I appreciate the interaction from it. Yeah, man. I, I think it does, it does a lot um, for, for promoting internal culture as well as external culture, obviously, and allowing you to be someone who's attracting talent because yeah. people are going to generally will, um, when we're writing, it either pushes people away. They're not for what you're saying, or it attracts people to you. That's how I think of my writing. If people are yeah. not, what I'm about, if they're not what Thrive Ag is about, then that's okay. I mean, th- but there are plenty who are, and that allows us to run a business, right? Uh, you know, same as being a leader in a company, like you're putting your thoughts out there. That is going, going to attract you some of those things. That's one of the key things you said is getting good people on the team because the good people find a way to get through tough times. That's a Jed Miller quote, you guys, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so that I think you find people that want to be a part of a message that you're putting out there. And, and I, I just want to double down on that, Jen, because a lot of people hesitate. Uh, they're afraid to put it out. They're, they're caught up in what they think people will think about what they put out there, or, or they just don't make time to do it because they feel like it's not important. And I think you need to get over yourself, stop mm-hmm. worrying about what other people think. Yeah. And there are people who read it. I mean, I will run into people all the time at conferences, events, going on a sales call. And like, man, I would, you know, just, I really appreciate your your posts. I'm like, I have no idea that this person has read it because they don't like it. They don't share it. They don't say anything. They don't send me a message, but they're reading. Yeah. Right? yeah. So you're influencing even if you don't, even if, even if you don't have a measurable metric that you can take a look at, like you are. That is, and there's intention behind that. And, and even quite frankly, when I get negative feedback, they've read it. They, you know, they may not like it that week, but uh, that means they're reading it. You know, you mentioned earlier the salesperson and doing that. That's it, it, a it's a great call. At uh, a gentleman I used to work with, Tony Emerson. He uh, he started when he was doing it with with his sales group, if you will. They were they were required to record a video of themselves in the field doing. You know, if they come across some pressures, some whatever that comes up, and he wanted it to be short, like thirty seconds, and they'd hit it to their list. And and the feedback he gave me was that. It, it became something that the client base really appreciated and it just connected them personally to that salesperson a little more often than, you know, than the pickup driving up and, and happen to knock on the door and take that time. And so, Absolutely. yeah, I, I, that's a great call out. 
We, yeah. we should use that tech more. All of us should. Hundred percent. I, I, if I, if I'm leading a sales team in ag retail right now, hundred percent, this would be a requirement to my team to be taking pictures, making content, sending, you know, uh, and, and not just submitting it to a marketing person who's then in charge of sending it all out there. No, I'm putting that on Snapchat because these farmers are on Snapchat. Oh yeah, Snapchat okay. all the time. They're on Twitter. You should be tweeting to these guys all the time and building a list on Instagram. I have a list of customers that I just send interest reels that I think are interesting or memes that I think are, it's not even about what I do. I just thought it was funny. And I want to share that with you, Jed, you know, and it's like, it's no big deal, but you thought about me. You saw my name today, right? You have a positive association because it was good, clean, funny, right? Maybe you shared it with somebody else and I get associated with where it came from. And why not? Like you're, you're not just a salesperson driving up there to sell fertilizer or seed or whatever. Right. Like you're somebody who's integrating with their life. Use all the tools you've got, man. And even I, there's something impersonal about just throwing it on Facebook or even LinkedIn. You know, it, it, if you're to that group, if it is your audience, you know, um, something great about just sending a text saying you're, you're thinking about something. It doesn't even have to be a video, but just, you know, I, years back when I was in sales, um, I took I took a time on National Farmer Day. Before that, I wrote. A lot. I don't know. Probably contributed to carpal tunnel, but I wrote a whole lot of handwritten. Thank you for being a farmer. I know what you got. I knew their families. You know, I've sold to them. I've known them. I I have people who still reach out to me about that on National Farmer Day and such. And those things matter to people because you want to be a human when somebody's selling to you. You don't want to be just their next number so that they can make their bonus and go on. You want to know that they care enough about what you do that they're investing in mutual success rather than I just want something from you. And mm-hmm. I, those connections are a good way to do that. I think. Yeah. And the, in the people that do that, I would, I would categorize those as the most intentional salespeople that, that I get to interact with, yeah. you know, like I order my, my whey protein from first form. Right. For years, I used a company called Isogenics because I was signed up and it was on auto ship and they would just send it to my house and I didn't have to think about it. And that was great. I ran out, I moved, I didn't have the, the auto ship set up. And so I just was listening to Andy Forsella's podcast. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to try first form. I 100% switched to that company because when they sent me my first box, I got a handwritten note on the invoice that was in the mm-hmm. box. Like a week later, I get a handwritten thank you card sent to me from, and this is a hundred million dollar company. They do not need my business to be successful. So that tells me that they're doing that for every single person throughout that company. I'm like, I'm going to go, I'm going to send all my business there. I'm going to tell all my people to buy their whey protein from these guys. I'm going to have to get them as a sponsor on the podcast. Probably doesn't need me, but (laughs) (laughs) right. You're right. It is. I mean, it just, it's so rare that it feels really different. Hundred percent. That you hit the nail on the head. It's it's rare, and so it does. It's really special when you get it. That's uh, man. I, I, if, if there's one thing, I hope as a result of people listening to this, is they just start showing up a little bit more intentionally for other people. Yeah. So good. Yeah. All right, man. So we talked a lot about culture. I, there's one more piece I want to say about this. Like your 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 reaction to it in, in a while back, I interviewed a guy named Galen Beer from uh, Agro Liquid. Oh yeah. Very, very smart uh, guy. And so as we were talking, he said, you know, uh, I've learned over the years and maybe he stole the quote from somebody. I don't remember, but he said, you know, culture is caught, not taught. You know, as you're talking about all the activities that you guys do, 
I thought that was really interesting because you're doing a lot of things that allow people to catch your culture. So, A, I just want to say good job. But any any response to that? Oh, that, that is cool. It is. Uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a great. You know, another it, this time of year makes me think of it. So we do this. Um, uh, we do a Christmas of giving. Our, uh, we have we have some vendors who work with us some and, and contribute some prizes, if you will. Um, and then our team buys dollar raffle tickets uh, to do it. And then all the money goes to support some families. We work with local churches, so we're not involved with the families directly. They get us, they get it, but you know, they give us Christmas lists and it's usually socks, underwear. And then we're like, hey, we can do a little better than that. We, we, let's make a special Christmas, right? But what where I think culture has changed, I see it on our team where they really buy in is our team last year contributed 6,500 to taking care of three families. I mean, a two grand Christmas is a pretty epic Christmas if you're out there trying and just need a boost, you know. But where it, it is caught is as employees showed up to start delivering things to people, just start filling a Christmas tree, you just see it like it really meant something and it became something. So when we went to do it again this year, you know, everybody's like, yeah, like it, those kind of things, it just, you do, you just, you feel good when you do good things. And, and whether that's for your team or for other people as a team, and and that's a culture we want. And it is, it, you just catch it and then you just want to do more of it. And it's, it's a cool, yeah. good spot to work. When that Great. That's awesome. It's good for you guys doing that. I love when companies do stuff like that. So good, man. Well, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit more about Jed. What, uh, what's been the biggest hurdle that you've had to overcome as a leader, Jed? Uh, staying out of the weeds would be my, um, That's good. I, I am most valuable to, uh, my employers, um, when, when I am creating and, uh, uh, that's what I've been blessed with the ability to do to take problems and find solutions or to see angles. Um, and when I am down working out the minutia, um, I'm not giving the most out of the gift part I have. Um, you know, I was, I figured out that if you need a guy to push the red button every 10 minutes, I will fail miserably. I'm not the guy you want to hire for your company. That's what I do know. And so for me, the biggest hurdle I had to, to do was make sure I set up uh, guardrails to make sure I wasn't the guy pushing the red button. I was doing what I do. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's, and that's a big hurdle for all of us, man. How do we, how do we not get lost in the weeds? That's good. What's uh, what's been a big win for you over the course of your career? Uh, so this may come as a shock to you, but talking sustainability with farmers is not always a fun and exciting topic. And it was, uh, you know, in, in my world, um, it, we we knew we needed to get involved um, and and do some things. And so, um, getting enough, uh, marginally enough internal buy-in um, to create a platform that creates CI scores, connects farmers with consumer product goods, company CPGs. Um, tells their story, builds greenhouses and schools. Um, you know, we, we helped them. Uh, we've done scope three uh, exchanges to help. We pulled all that off in a year, getting farmer buy-in and enrollment. And, and for me, that was a, a challenge in a lot of different ways, internally, externally, getting buy-in, navigating all the water. And, and I'm just not that bright. So I, I didn't know how to calculate a lot of those things and had to get you know, people outside of our industry Um that that knew how to program and and we didn't want to for safety's sake we didn't connect it to our personal ERP and so it's just been a it's been a really good exercise in doing things I was uncomfortable doing and uh, for the last year and and so now that it's running I, I mean and and continues to grow it's it's been a really really rewarding win I guess yeah 
Cool. That's good for you. Good for you. That's great. Yeah. Who's been somebody that you've really admired? Uh, easy answer would be my dad. Uh, cause you know, he's been a great friend and a great mentor my entire life. But outside of that one, um, actually there's a gentleman named Andy, uh, Andy Addis. He is the uh, lead pastor at cross point church based out of Hutchinson, Kansas. And so I've gone, uh, in the network for a number, number of years, but you know, he's been cross point over the time I've attended has, uh, increased in size from probably, I don't know, 300 people to 3000. And, and he's just been really open and honest about the difficulties that come with, you know, balancing the corporate demands. Cause I mean, it's a different corporation, but it's a corporation. Right. And, um, and ensuring that, you know, as we talked about earlier, you're still putting that time into your family and putting up guardrails with how to manage. I think there was a time he was doing six services a weekend, you know, and that stuff just drains your bucket. And so figuring out new ways to do the same kinds of things. It's been somebody I've just enjoyed watching and and somebody I've admired as they navigate all those hurdles. Yeah, that's great. And, and that <clears throat> to think about having a membership of 3000, right. To go from 300 to 3000 in your time there. Right. And that means that started with an idea. <laughs> it started with a dream, a call at some point. Right. And now to have manifested into that, it, the, there's a big part in leadership that I think people fail to realize. I know I've had to go through this a number of times and my, the image that goes through my mind is the, the caterpillar that crawls into the cocoon and comes out as a butterfly, right? There's a very painful process inside that chrysalis that you have to undergo. And as we level up, right, from one version of ourselves to the next version, to go from a 300-person leader to a 3,000-person leader is not the same person. No, it is not. And there, the demands, I mean, we all have demands. I, I never have been and probably will never be a pastor, but they have a different set of demands that, you know, mm -hmm. beyond the corporate and personal and and those kind of things and and seeing somebody be able to navigate that and being open and honest about the challenges and putting, and I've, you know, through time been able to just see the guardrails that have put up and what he said no to and what he says yes to. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been really impressive to watch. Mm -hmm. Really impressive. What, what, what are your criteria for saying no? Um, my first one is, do I add the most value? If, if, you know, if I I got somebody, I, like I said, I work with really talented people. I, I have four direct reports who are, they'll probably kick me out and figure out that they're more useful than I am at some point. And, um, you know, if if they are better suited to have that conversation, to take that meeting, um, that that's one. Like, if I don't need to be in the way, I need to get out of the way. Um, I'd say the other one, um, if I think that being in that situation is going to suck my energy down really hard. Mm -hmm. I just, I just, it's not worth that return on investment. It doesn't provide a good return on investment to me with that time. So those are kind of the, and if it's a minutia thing, I try to stay out of the way. Mm -hmm. It's not me. Yeah, that's uh that's, that's a good one. I love, you know, is it an energy suck? You know, <laughs> and uh, you know, a lot of people struggle though because they, you know, it's like, man, if I, well, if I'm not in there, right, that might cost me more time down the road if I'm not in there, sort of manipulating this conversation to to go how I think it ought to go. Right? Admittedly, recurring meetings start with no for me. When I see somebody send me a recurring a recurring meeting invite, I'm just like negative. I'm just not. I, if 
those recurring meetings, I, I do understand they're a need. You know, some people need to be in them. But, and if I have a meeting, I want it to be on purpose and have a real reason to be in it. Otherwise, I should be doing something else. I, I saw a meme. We talked about funny memes this morning. And, you know, it said like the key to efficient meetings and everybody was holding plank while they were doing it. You know, like that. I like that. <laughs> like, let's get them done. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would make it really efficient. I don't yeah. think most, most people, unfortunately, listen to this pod, probably can't do more than a 60-second plank. So. I feel that's generous. I mean, <laughs> that is, it probably is generous uh, based on what we've seen from uh, some of our events over the over the years. So. Me, me too. Yeah. All right. What's uh, what's on your list for for improving on this year? What do you want to What do you want to grow with? Um, I would say. Hmm. Kind of start, you know, I <laughs> crazily, I want to say no more often, even more often. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to, um, um, I, I like to get uh, an idea or a program started and hand it off, but I, I think I maybe hold on to the baton longer than I should. And I want to let go of it on the relay faster mm-hmm. to move, move the next thing along. Kind of, you know, I, you know, when, it, when you create an idea or you have something you're invested in, you have in your mind, this is this is how this should go. This is perfect in my mind, but that's not real life. And also, I mean, how egotistical is it for me to say, you know, I'm the only one who knows how this can be done. I, I need to get rid of that baton. And if something really bothers me, I, the when I was a, an early married guy, um, a guy said, you know what, save your arguments and uh, and to the things that really bother you. He told me that with my wife to, you know, he's like, do you really care what color the curtains are? Right. You know, those kind of things. No, I don't. I don't. I Honestly, I couldn't even tell you what color our curtains are. I don't know. But save the things that really bother you. And that's what I need to work on. Or I, I want to be intentional about working on this next year is is hand it off and then save those things that really bother me. Like, hey, this is missing the big rock. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want, I'd like to see it steered back in here, but beyond that, I need to hand the baton off and get out of the way faster. I love it. That is a, that is a great answer. And, and one thing I want to clarify for people is when we're talking about saying no, <clears throat> is it's not that we don't care. It's not that we don't want to be in, engaged with you, <clears throat> but from a leadership perspective, from as, as this is the intentional agribusiness leader podcast, not just the intention, <laughs> uh, <laughs> So from a leadership perspective, there there are things that we just often hold on to or feel like we need to have our energy in and we don't, right? We just, we stay there for too long, you know, and it's like staying in one spot for too long and suddenly, not even suddenly, what happens over time is uh, our, our time, like we start to brand ourselves as someone who's just in those meetings all the time. And we start to believe that about ourselves <clears throat> and that becomes unintentional. So we have these unintended consequences of trying to do what we think is the right thing because we don't have this why I ask the question, like what is your criteria for saying no? Everybody should have a criteria for saying no. Yeah. So and it's not that you don't care. It's like it. what it is, is I'm now preparing someone else to be in this space, right? I'm preparing someone else to be capable of doing the role because someday I'm going to, at minimum, you're going to retire and not be in that role anymore. 
and there may be an opportunity for you to get promoted. So somebody else around you needs to have some of these experiences on them as well. I talked to Mark Washick about this on his interview on this podcast. And, and then we talked about the need to, as like just sales managers, delegate little bits and pieces, the stuff that's maybe stressing you out, the stuff that's not perfectly aligned, that's an energy suck for you. Somebody on your team will probably jump at the opportunity to have a little bit more responsibility as long as you frame it up. Right. right. And teach them how to do it and let them go. So, And if we're in leadership, we've been blessed with this opportunity. Our job is to create the people that are going to replace us. Right. And we've gone through we've gone through all the the struggles. Hopefully we had somebody that helped us along the way. Some of us, I like to learn the hard way. So I've done that for a while. And, but hopefully I can provide a cheat code to the people that will replace me to say, Hey, let's skip this hard part and get really good at this. And and then they can take what I do, make it the next level and so on and so forth. And we serve farmers. And I mean, that's, it. it's not a, it's not about you, right? Uh, Dr. Phil style is not about you. It's, 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 it's about getting people to be better than you to serve others better than you know how. And, and saying no is probably the fastest way to do that. Crazily enough. Yeah. Yeah. To, to me, it comes down. I think a lot about leadership development, like the story of the talents in the Bible, mm-hmm. right? You know, the master yeah. gave the one gave the, the five talents, gave another guy three talents, gave another guy one, each according to their ability. Yes. Right. And and I think about leadership. This we think about that story is about money, but that's just one one aspect of what a what a talent technically could be, right? And so when I look at a leader, I actually had somebody ask me this uh, recently. Um, it was a it was a company I was looking at potentially buying, and the the current owner of that company had a long time military career. This guy was 75, right? I mean, he was a major alpha in the room and, and he looked at me and he says, what's your definition of leadership? And I said, I look back at him and I said, you know, a tree by its fruit. Hmm. That's all. Yeah. There's no fruit left around that. I'm just looking at somebody who just did the job. I'm not looking at somebody who created more leaders behind them. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Cool, man. Last thoughts. What, uh, what, what, what more wisdom can you share with us today, Jed, uh, before we, uh, before we pull on, pull on over and, uh, and, and let people go to the next episode. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't have a secret sauce. I, I just say, you know, be on purpose. Um, love God, grow up, serve all that that's, that's been my mantra. It's what we do. And, and, um, you know, hopefully be blessed to continue to do it for a long time and appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, man, this is a great episode and guys get on to go to LinkedIn, look up Jed Miller, get on the Thursday thoughts, whatever, reach out to him. You guys need to need to be reading this stuff. So thanks for being here, man. This was fun today. All right. Thanks. I hope today's episode brought you a great deal of value about what it takes to lead life and lead in this industry with intention. If you want to go deeper on the topic of leading with intention, I encourage you to head on over to intentionaltoolbox.com and get the seven free tools that will help you to lead your life in all areas with a greater deal of intention. That's intentionaltoolbox.com. And finally, if, if this message resonated today, if there's something in here that you got value from, I promise you there's someone else in your life who also would get value from this. So please share 
the episode, share the podcast, and make sure that you subscribe.